and welcome to A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. Yay! Yay! Boo! <laughs> no, just no. Sorry. Yay. This is a happy affair because Yay. we're talking about baking today. Yeah, we're talking about baking. Yeah, so. T- tis the season. Uh, tis, I, tis it always the season? Tis always the season for baking, but some is more maybe less in the oven baking. Well, we're, we're in the cozy season. We are in a cozy season. And that always is synonymous with baking season. I think that's true. And we're getting into a lot of different holidays and a lot of yeah. holidays and ceremonies and stuff like that. Um, religious events, like they all have a lot of like very specific baking to them. Yeah. But anyway, before we get into all that, because I will go into a whole rant about seasonal baking. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm Erin and I'm joined today by, of course, Jeff. Hello. And also Michelle. Hi. And Drew. Hello. Do you guys have thoughts on seasonal baking? Let's just go right into it. Well, Drew Drew loves to bake. Yes. Michelle loves true. to bake. I, love, I just want to give the bona fides here. I love I love to bake. Aaron does love to bake. And we're gonna talk about baking books too. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of different baking yeah. baking topics on the docket today. Yeah. I also, wrote a whole list of things to talk about because I had so many things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> also, Michelle develops our collection of cookbooks. So fun. Yeah. Okay, now you can talk about seasonal baking. Okay, good, great. Okay, phew. <laughs> table setting. I was really holding my my tongue here, not to just jump into it. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, seasonal baking. Thoughts? Do you think there is such a thing as seasonal baking? I do, and I think that it ties into how you use spices and how you use uh, fresh ingredients. So when you transition from spring to summer things get more citrusy, things get fluffier, you get some height on your toppings. And then into fall, you start getting the warmer spices. Sure. Um, And also denser things end up in your your bakes. We visited my mother-in-law in in Canada recently and she sent us home with a five pound bag of apples, which Mm. informed my baking for the last month or so. I'm not really a spice person, I'm more of an herb person. Does Does that mean I'm savory? It could mean that you're more of a spring summer okay. baked goods thing because you get like, I love a rosemary shortbread. Sure. Although um, I recently discovered that when you toast bay leaves just a little bit and you mix it with chocolate, such as in brownies, it gives it this delightful earthy herbaceousness ooh. that I think you'd like. Ooh, earthy herbaceous. That's earthy my vibe. I, I like. That's a great description for yes. it. I think. I think that would be so good. Mm. <laughs> so when are you when are you bringing those in for this? <laughs> I don't add that to my agenda. That is a whole thing, uh, Drew. What did you just bring in yesterday? I brought in an apple spice cake that I like to call the more apple than cake spice cake because it's got <laughs> twice as many apples. It has three cups of apples versus a cup and a half of flour. Wonderful. Do you find that like that's your go-to apple? baked good or this one is for several reasons first of all the more produce you can pack in the better and secondly you can mix it in one bowl and pour it into a loaf pan so Ah. it's very very efficient in terms of cleanup gosh i i I love some recipes that have like five million bowls and like special pieces of equipment you need to use to make it but then like the cleanup is always the worst (laughs) I feel like if I bothered to make something, someone else should bother to do the dishes. But I live by myself and my cat won't do it. 
Even if you live with other people, you will probably end up doing it yourself still. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like the one bowl, one pan type cookbooks and stuff like that. They're they're pretty they're pretty special. <laughs> what if we went around the table and asked, "What do you love most about baking, and what do you love to bake most?" Ooh. Hmm. You can answer in either order. <laughs> Whatever comes to your mind first. Aaron, what do you love to bake most? You already know the answer. Do, do I? Yep. Do I? Okay. Um. What's the seasonal thing, though? Oh, okay. Great. I so, have seasonal favorites. So that's great. So what do you love to bake now here in November, okay. the fall? So in fall, I go into a lot more of the things that take longer in the oven. So a lot more of like the cheesecakes, the pies, the really dense cakes, because A, yes, uh, dense foods tend to go really well and like the heaviness with the fall and winter, but also uh, because they take so long in the oven. Um yeah, things that take longer in the oven tend to be my, my go-tos. Cakes. Cake. Cakes. Cakes, pies. Cakes, though. Cakes I associate with spring, summer. Oh, but what about a really dense bunt? Oh, okay, sure. What about like a molasses bunt cake with like a really thick icing on the top? The only cake I can actually bake is a bunt cake. Bunts are the best shaped cake I would If you know anything deal. about me, you should know that. You don't need to stack it. You don't need to do as much with icing. It has a delightful shape from the get-go. I mean, what's not to love about a bunt? (laughs) I tried to bake a regular cake once, and it was tragic. I was in tears. Baking should never be a sad thing. (laughs) Bunts just look fancy, too. Thank you, Drew. I was in tears. (laughs) Oh, cake. I get it. He made a cake pun, everyone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Cakes, pies. That's kind of my my jam right now. Um, what about you, Drew? What do you like? So, in the fall, I am a brownie person, and we are moving into the holiday season, which is cookie season. Whoa. And what I love most about fall baking are the special surprises that you can put in these dense baked goods. So I am also a gardener. So my freezer is full of things that I picked in the spring that I don't want to let sit there all year. So I've got strawberries, I've got rhubarb, I've got blueberries. And people expect that in the summer, right? But do you expect that as as like a fresh layer of jam in your shortbread sandwiches? You don't. And it's a really great surprise. But then there's also autumnal produce that is fairly recent out of my garden garden, including carrots. You can put carrots and brownies and beets. You can put beets in anything chocolatey. So I like the unexpectedness of adding things from my garden to my autumnal bakes that have such strong flavors from chocolate and spices that they can carry the extra fiber and nutrients and get my produce out of there. I kind of love the idea of like something with blueberry molasses together. Ooh, I think that would go really well with some like cinnamon too. Mm -hmm. That's a nice long bake too. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a butt cake, perhaps. <laughs> Carrots and beets, are those technically considered fibrous uh, vegetables? They're, they're, they're thick, they're dense. They're, do you like shave them? Do you chop them? So it depends on what you're doing with them. Okay. So for um, my eat all your vegetables brownies, which is not mine, it's, from, it's somebody else's recipe, um, you actually roast the carrots and puree them. Uh, for my triple chocolate muffins, which are mine, um, I shred um, I shred the raw beets, I steam them a little bit, 
And then I sort of treat them the way you would zucchini in a zucchini muffin. That makes a lot of sense. It, it, it probably adds like a lot of good moisture to the bake. It does, and you can reduce your overall fat too. So Do you reduce the sugar oil. too? Because beets and carrots both have a good amount of sugar as far as like vegetables and mm-hmm. produce especially, go. Especially for for beets, you're gonna you're gonna reduce the white sugar by at least a quarter. Nice. Nice. What about you, Michelle? What do you like to bake in the fall? I like to bake a cake like Aaron. Really, I like a loaf. Um, I like a slightly sweet loaf. Um, one thing I made this like fall. Like carrot cake, zucchini cake? Like, so there's zucchini an apple bread, cake sorry. that I made. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Zucchini you, bread. You, no, that's very questionable Carrot falls. Yeah, sorry. Um, I like a slightly sweet loaf because that will go very quickly in my house. I tried to make uh, this double apple cake this fall. I made it a couple times and I wasn't able to get to the second part of the double apple because it was gone before I could even ice it with the apple caramel that was supposed to go on top. These things go really quickly in my house. And I was going to use the apples I got from my mother-in-law, but this one calls for applesauce. So it was very easy, very apple-y, very delicious, not too sweet. That doesn't really fly. My kids don't like super, super sweet stuff. but it's just wonderful because it gives this nice aroma to your kitchen as you're baking. I do also like a long bake time because that is when I do all my baking dishes, but I don't really mind because I'm hanging out in the kitchen while I can smell this wonderful, slightly sweet loaf going. And it's kind of just a nice way to get the kitchen cleaned up. And I'm not I'm not too resentful when I'm smelling something baking and doing dishes. That's true. The longer the bake, the more your kitchen smells like whatever you're baking, <laughs> yes. which is never a bad thing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it did that. And I'm watching it brown and rise and smell wonderful. All, all while watching uh, Bake Off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just complete the whole entire cozy vibe. Although I'll say another thing I made, and I don't know why I made it the week of Halloween, was a sweet and salty fudge, mm. which actually was microwaved oh. it, because it was with uh, sweetened condensed milk and chocolate chips. And you just microwaved it a couple times to combine them together. Mm-hmm. And then you added um, a couple of cups of pretzels and an entire bag of better made potato chips. Oh, sounds wow. wonderful. It was wonderful. And then you just kind of stir it together, put it in the refrigerator. And that was also a hit. Again, I don't know why I made it the week that we're all getting chocolate and candy and things, but it's been lovely. I love a sweet and salty. And you also top it off with turbinado sugar and sea salt. So, so it's just a perfect a sweet and salty if you like that. Yes. That sounds really good. I do kind of love, I know like the traditional way to make fudges is like on the stove. And yeah, you don't need a, a candy thermometer. It's a little thermometer. bit of like the whole process. <laughs> but like microwave fudge is seriously good with a, not a lot of effort. Yeah. Oh, super easy. I, <laughs> I have a recipe from, I think it's Alton Brown, um, for like a peanut butter fudge. Uh-huh. And it's like three or so ingredients, I think. And you just like throw everything in the microwave and like, boom. Yeah. Fudge time. And I like this delightful. one too, because I get to use my mortar and pestle for the potato chips Ooh. and the pretzels, which always makes me feel like, uh, you know, kitchen crone, which is a nice vibe for fall as well. <laughs> <laughs> do you go and have any special like chants or anything that you like to do as you yeah not, not i need maybe need to come up with one now because i love the the idea of that but it's just kind of the satisfying crunch of pulverizing something in a sort of primal way 
That's very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, uh, like using a meat tenderizer for mm-hmm. stuff. It's oh, just yeah. Like, so therapeutic. Get it all out. <laughs> we do have a book in our collection called Rage Baking. Yes. Yes. Yep. It's a good book. I, I've used that book before, um, and it's... It's a fun book to read. Yeah, and the physical processes of baking can be cathartic on many levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you get out your rage early. You, then you have like a cooling down period as the thing bakes. And then you have a sweet reward for eating all of your feelings at the end. <laughs> win, win, win. Win, win, win. <laughs> Is it the most mentally healthy? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's good. <laughs> we also bake things that aren't dessert technically though right there's scenarios like that right sure in fact like so i brought a whole bunch of different cookbooks to talk about today one of my favorite ones that i brought it happens to be um everyday bread by america's test kitchen um because you can bake bread and baking bread is also super delightful year round but i think especially so in like the fall and winter because there's like a lot of holiday breads, you know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of enriched doughs, which um, for, for Jeff, it's like a dough that has more than just like the water and the flour and the yeast. It's got like things that add a lot of fat to the to the bread. Typically, if you like butter or, or milk, mm-hmm. uh, so you get like a lot of enriched loaves with like lots of like spices going through it and the fruit in it and the nuts in it and Oh, it's so delightful. Um, and I really like the Everyday Bread book because you have like a couple of basic bread doughs and they like give you, if you want to turn this into a whole bunch of different rolls, do this little alteration or this kind of shaping and rising time. Or if you want to turn it into this cool braided loaf, do this. If you want to make this into a focaccia, you know, do that. Like there's a whole bunch of really fun ways you can just twist the basic recipes um, that I think is delightful for bread. Who is the author on that everyday bread? Uh, it's America's Test Kitchen. Oh, okay, cool. So it's, I like their, their cookbooks a lot. I think they do a really good job of testing things go figure um and they also have some really good videos too to back up like their recipes and stuff like that to teach techniques and uh show why they did the recipes the way they did so uh yeah america's test kitchen everyday bread it's a great book we own it please check it out from the library (laughs) i'm not a fan of bread baking you're not. I like to go against the grain. Oh, grain. No, that's barely a bread joke, Jeff. Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. You need to work on that more. It's the yeast I could do? <laughs> you just try to rise to the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our world, folks. Yes. Uh, okay. And so, um, Drew, did you also bring a, a book to the table? Uh, we were excited about. I did. Um, I brought the Brownie Diaries by <laughs> Leah Hislop, and uh, the subtitle is "Recipes for Happy Days, Heartbreak, and Everything in Between." So it's a thematically organized baking book, and uh, she uh, deals with topics such as what do you make when you are anticipating a breakup, what do you make when you have a brand new niece, things like that. And uh, she's very adventurous. Um, first day on the job, blondies are um, a chai latte spiced mm-hmm. um, blondie. 
uh, with um, lots of good Nutella type chocolate running through it. She also is a big fan of adding vegetables and has a butternut squash blondie that tastes so caramelized and delicious. Um, yeah, she also is a fan of herbs. Um, she combines apricots, honey, and thyme to make a topping for one of her brownies. And mm. I would just like literally mm. drink cups of this topping if it was available to me. <laughs> so it's a good thing it takes a little effort to make. You don't see like thyme a lot in, I think. Thyme like, plays sweet. so beautifully yeah. with stone fruit. Like it's it kind of, I feel like it should be like kind of a, a default setting for a lot of things that use jammy type toppings. It's my favorite fillings. herb. <gasps> I don't have a pun. It does lend itself well to puns. I, I'm literally stating for the record with sincerity. It's my favorite herb. Noted for nothing, the record. Nothing else added. Um, also, in the fall, we have the Jewish high holidays, and we do a lot of savory bakes for that. And so two of them that um, are really great are kugels, which are when you take a pasta of some type and cook it with cheeses and other um, it's your excuse to eat all the dairy, basically, um, and other herbs and things like that. And it makes this like soft, almost cake-like savory, but very, very filling substance. And the other one that we make a lot of are simis, which um, are considered problems. Uh, so you take everything that's left, uh, well, such as all your leftover zucchini or a whole bunch of russet potatoes, and you puree them. Um, and mix them with uh, larger slices of other types of vegetables and bake it into this, technically a casserole, but it sure looks like a cake to me. Um, and that way, when you spend all day in services, uh, you're coming back to something that has a ton of nutrients, your house smells wonderful, it keeps well, um, and you've used up a lot of stuff in your house. Nice. It's always a great thing when you don't have to have a lot of leftovers just going to waste and you can use them in your bakes i think mm -hmm. especially like yeah like you're talking about your produce earlier being able to use all of that stuff is and use it in taste. exciting ways yeah. when you tell somebody i made brownies they feel very differently than when you say i roasted carrots uh, <laughs> I, I would like either but and how amazing to eat a brownie that not only did you bake, but you grew the beet or whatever else that you have in there. Like what a feeling of accomplishment and nourishment you must have. Yes, for full circle from seed to dessert product. Yeah, that's incredible. Michelle has a book open and I think I see powdered sugar. Yeah, well, so <laughs> uh, one of my favorites that we have oh. is Snacking Cakes uh, by Yasi Arefi. And the double apple cake is the one that I've made a couple times that has um, some lovely variations for toppings that I have not been able to get to because as soon as it's turned out and cooling on my counter, it's getting eaten. Um, this is the one that you make with uh, applesauce, although you can, th th she's got a nice uh, option of sliced apples and powdered sugar on top. I was gonna try to do the caramel apple glaze, Ooh. but I was never able to get to that. Uh, and actually, Jeff, I thought of you for something I made in the summer. It's a lemon currant rosemary cake, which I made in a bun can, and which made me think of it. Nice. But um, it's a lovely summer bake. Um, I took it to a dinner party, and um, yeah, just a lovely combination of light ingredients, the currants of the summer, the herbs of the rosemary. That's another one that I highly recommend from this one. Um, and I just 
this morning when I was looking at our, since it's publication day on Tuesday, uh, we have new books that come out um, just like they do in the bookstores. Um, they have a new uh, book called Snacking Bakes, which is a follow-up to Snacking Cakes, which I'm excited to look at. Um, this is, the, the recipes are just very solid. And there was one that looks pretty exciting called Banana Brownie Cookies that I'm mm. kind of interested oh, yeah. in looking at here as well. So that's, uh, if, if you are familiar with Snacking Cakes, check out Snacking Bakes. We've got it. Now, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but... One of like the cool things about um, the Snacking Cakes book, and I'm assuming also the Snacking Bakes, um, they make like a smaller batch, right? So like it's a smaller cake or something like that. So it's like really accessible for... Yeah, the, the apple cake I made was like in an eight by eight pan. So that's also why it goes very quickly is because it's a nice maybe two day. <laughs> I love the Everybody's snacking. Everybody's cutting, yeah. I love the snacky cakes book because I live by myself and I don't always want to have a two tier giant cake, uh, but a little, you know, like eight by eight pan of cake or a little round cake is, is very doable to bring in uh, to my house and just give me a couple days and it's gone. <laughs> or we also have a lot of generous bakers like Drew that will bring things in for staff if we have a, a big bake as well. Yeah, I really am looking forward to her latest bake. I haven't gotten to try it yet, but I heard apples and I was sold. Mm -hmm. um, we talked a bit about like brownies and stuff, so I have to ask, okay, how do we feel about using baking mixes? Like, do yes. you, are you pro, like, if it comes from a box, it's totally fine? Or are you like, homemade is the way? I'll say for brownies, I swear by the Ghirardelli mix. And I don't usually make them from scratch anymore. That's one that I am like, this is perfect. <laughs> and I can't improve on it. So, Yeah, the, the Ghirardelli brownie mix is delightful. And you can have it on standby. If yeah. you need emergency brownies, you have emergency brownies in less than an hour. Yeah. I have to, I've only made brownies from scratch maybe like once or twice. Twice, I think. Because um, I tried a different recipe to see if it would improve my feelings of it. And after making them from scratch, I'm like, mm, this is a lot of effort for something where <laughs> I can pull out this box mix and it tastes just as good, if not better than what I can do. Mm -hmm. uh, especially like, yeah, the Ghirardelli one is really, really tasty and chocolatey, especially if you like zhuzh it up. Mm -hmm. um, do you find yourself like, do either of you go and like zhuzh up your box mixes or do you like just like, Eh, it is what it is and it's good enough yeah i i am a big fan of the zhuzh um so any of the so i i like the Ghirardelli uh brownie mixes i generally will just add whatever type of chocolate i have in the house that i'd like to use up um or add white chocolate or occasionally i will make a caramel topping um, to put on at the very end to make drizzles with. So I like that. And I also like taking um, boxed cake mix and turning and making drizzle cakes out of it. Um, <laughs> and I come from a fine tradition of using plain old liquid jello and running that through a cake, which is mm. kind of a distinctly um, lower income west side of the state thing. Um, so anyways, yeah, weird, weird adjustments can be made. 
I've seen recipes like they use like strawberry jello and vanilla cake, but I've never tried one before. How, like, does it affect the texture? It does, does it... actually. It makes it makes the whole thing slightly jiggly if you use a lot of it, <laughs> and it shoots it through with beautiful streams of vibrant Technicolor. Ooh, it's a it's a big hit with the four year olds. I'm gonna have to try that at some point. That sounds kind of fun. What about you, Michelle? Do you like to do you have like a go-to zhuzh up for I a, a am box mix? Not a zhuzher. Um, I have simple tastes. My family has simple tastes, so usually the less I do, the better it's received. Um, so yeah, no, I just kind of like a simple brownie. However, it comes out is usually perfect. Aaron, do you have something that you specifically zhuzh in a specifically zhuzhy way? I do like to judge. This was a leading judge question on your part. No, it's you like have you're talking secrets. about box mixes, and I think I go straight to like when I use a brownie mix, I like to go and throw ganache on top of the brownies because what do you brownies need but more chocolate? Um, so I like to go and I usually will put down a layer of ganache on top because you know a microwave ganache is done in like twenty seconds and it tastes delicious, and then I like to. I play with the toppings on top of the ganache, but I'm a, I'm a ganache girl. I like to throw it on top of any box mix, and suddenly it goes from like it's a box mix, it's pretty good, to whoa, fancy, fancy. It's got <laughs> ganache, and because people don't realize it's two ingredients in a microwave, and pretty too. <laughs> it is pretty. <laughs> Okay, I have statements to make, and then I'm going to let you all get to your last round of books, but I have things to say. Uh Uh-oh. I like to bake cookies. Okay, this is great. The only thing I can probably successfully bake that is wonderful is a snickerdoodle, which is Mm. technically boring. No, I love snickerdoodles. Okay, good. Thank you. That little tang from the cream of tartar. Okay, okay. I also have a cookie that involves dried fruit. Is it raisin? It's actually cranberry. Oh. How do we feel about this? I like dried cranberry. Cranberry and white chocolate chips, which Ooh. people also have mixed feelings about. No, those are perfect together. Okay, great. I'm into I, it, yeah. I'm not a white chocolate eater, per se, because um, I don't feel like it's actually chocolate. But anyway, that's true. That's aside. That's um, true. I do think that cranberry and white chocolate are a really good combo. Uh, so I will approve these cookies. And then there's... A couple other things. Uh, I've been vegetarian long enough to not have had very many vegetarian recipe options when I was first starting out in 2002. There was a little old magazine called Vegetarian Times, and it gave me a recipe that I bake for Thanksgiving, but is bake the right word? Because it's a sweet potato casserole. Mm, I love a sweet potato casserole or sweet potato souffle. Yeah. I mean, like, like, do you do a crisp kind of crumbly topping that you put in the oven, or is it just a, a I take topping? flour, coconut oil, and oats, and I create a topping for it. And I just make a little layer. Uh-huh. And then into the sweet potatoes is a ton of maple syrup and vanilla. Approved. <laughs> So it feels like a dessert. 
It it is. Also, I want to shout out uh, cl- books we have in our collection, which might this night might not be the most exciting title, but the one hundred best vegan baking recipes, sweet and simple by uh, Chris Holacek Peters, the vegan cake Bible by Sarah Kidd, and also something I've checked out, Mark Bittman's How to Bake Everything, which is exactly what it sounds like, but lots of vegan stuff sprinkled in. That's my spiel. If, I, oh, I just wanted to add, uh, we just got the Veggie Christmas Cookbook too, if oh. which I thought of you, Jeff. And yeah. So it's a lot of uh, holiday bakes that are all vegetarian and vegan. If you're looking for something for the holidays, lots of good options in there. That's and, awesome. And if we're plugging uh, books in our collections, um, I have a vegan cookbook for teens that we got not too long ago, and it's got a really good cake in it too. So... Uh, if you're a teenage baker listening to this, please go and try out that book because it's super tasty. Um, yeah, but anyway, other books that we have in our collection that I want to plug. I have um, the Taste of Home Fall Baking book because right now it's all about the fall vibes. There's lots of really good uh, recipes involving your classics like the sweet potatoes and the pumpkins and the spices and stuff like that. Um, but my favorite parts about this book are that the ingredients are all things that you can find around you. Cause like, you know, when you get that cookbook and it's got that thing that you just, maybe the cookbook is from another country originally, or it just has like that very specialty ingredient that you have to like hunt down. None of that in this book. They're all things you can just find everywhere. So I really appreciate that. And I also had a couple of fun twists on classics. Um, I really liked the uh, apple butter pumpkin pie. It's kind of like your classic pumpkin pie, but it's got a really good kind of uh, more general fall twist to it. So I really like that one. And also the honey pie, because honey doesn't get enough appreciation, I think, in baking, but it's such a great ingredient. You can try it with all different flavors of honey if you have different flavors of honey available to you and they all kind of create different variations on the pie a little bit. I like to throw in some herbs in mine when I've made it. Uh, Jeff, looking at you with Mm -hmm. thyme. Yep, love herbs. Um, I've done thyme. I've tried rosemary and I've tried basil in them and they're all delicious. So uh, Taste of Home Fall Baking is my second pick that I brought today. Sage advice. I stole one of Aaron's picks because I have been baking out of it at home. Yes. <laughs> so I'm familiar with the recipes right now, which is the Sister Pie book by Lisa Ludwinski. Detroit's own. Yay. Yeah. So delicious. Um, and one of my one of the bakes I did recently that was a clean out the freezer bake is a rhubarb white chocolate pistachio blondie. So I was able to get the last of the rhubarb out of my freezer and make space for the holiday cookies I am baking now and storing in the freezer. But one thing I do really love about both the actual bakery and this book is it has several different super fun shortbread recipes. Mm. And shortbread is easy and quick to make and so good. And I, continuing on our theme of good use of herbs, uh, they have the salted rosemary shortbread, mm. um, which is really, really great. And then they have a not really very autumnal seeming, but very refreshing all year round fresh mint and lime shortbread with the lime zest and a little bit of fresh super diced mint, which I can grow year round in my kitchen. And it's like this little like splash of spring in the Christmas cookies. Also, my shout out from that book, um, the salt and maple pie. Oh. 
I used it as the inspiration for when I made uh, my own salt and maple tart. Oh, salt and maple, guys. Mm. So good. Yeah, perfect balance there. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, did you have another book that you brought? The other one that I brought, this I feel like it's, I'm just telling on myself, is called Snackable Bakes. So it doesn't seem like a whole lot of... <laughs> Snack in all three of your titles. Yeah, I apparently like snacking. Um, but again, it's got like these nice... Um, I haven't made this one yet, but there's a blackberry lemon loaf Ooh. that I want to make in here. And I believe this is the one that I got the sweet and salty fudge recipe out of as well. Um, so yeah, highly recommend this one. And I also wanted to shout out one we got in this week. I think it's already checked out, but it's called Still We Rise. And it's kind of an ode to Southern African-American baking biscuits and the like. It looks lovely. I love a good biscuit. I cannot, for the life of me, make a good biscuit, but I do love a good biscuit. So maybe I'll check out that book and yeah. see if they can... Give me some pointers <laughs> to up my biscuit cake. <laughs> maybe, maybe in time for Thanksgiving, I can master the biscuit. Who knows? I like that goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do either of you like when it comes to the holidays have a particular bake that you do for like Thanksgiving? Uh, since because we're getting up to Thanksgiving here, I'm pretty sure I, don't I know have to make very, that but... sweet potato casserole every damn year because you're not trapped into. Do you, do you bake it on top at the end? Because I feel like baking it would give it some really good fun texture. Yeah. And it's delicious. I could eat only that. And it probably wouldn't be good for me, but it's hard to resist. I think I think that's fine for the holidays. Yeah. Everyone knows that Thanksgiving calories don't count. Exactly. <laughs> if yeah. you're sufficiently thankful, they just it's all evaporate. Exactly. Yeah, go right to your soul. Exactly. Yes. So, it's kind of like a birthday cake doesn't count for calories on your birthday. Is yeah. there anything that you guys definitely have to bake, either for yourselves or for family, that they just know you that you're good at? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but like, oh, you made it last year and it was so good. So you're making it this year again, right, guys? <laughs> I've made the sweet potato casserole for going on nine years. Yeah. It's, then, yeah. it's now a tradition. I, that's how I feel. I always end up getting the potatoes at Thanksgiving to, to make, and I feel like I will never be able to make anything else besides these potatoes because everyone likes the potato. Um, you know what I also but, have made in the past is that's also delicious but never gets love at the table that technically is baking is what somebody help me here with classification okay when it comes to like the side around the thanksgiving table we just refer to this as stuffing okay mm -hmm. but it's in a casserole dish and it's actually a casserole and it involves uh chopped green apples and onions and lots and lots of dried fruit and bread that sounds like a stuffing to me. It sounds bread pudding adjacent. Yeah, it's kind of a bread pudding. I guess I make bread pudding, y'all. Whoa. <laughs> but it's a lot of work. <laughs> and it never gets love at the table except from, from me. Will you bring some in? I'll eat it. Sure. It sounds good. Sure. Stuffing is usually my favorite okay, great. part of Thanksgiving dinner. Just a good savory bread bake. My family, despite me being vegan, is like literally meat and potatoes. They want the turkey and the stupid white milky mashed potatoes. White, boring, buttery, milky mashed potatoes. And everything Inferior has chicken stock. potatoes. <laughs> and the turkey gravy and all the boring stuff. 
just ratting on my family right now. <laughs> That's why it's the best that we do two Thanksgivings in my family. Um, we have the very much uh, the classic traditional quote unquote type foods for uh, American Thanksgiving, you know, with the turkey and the potatoes and that. We don't do pumpkin pie because um, too many people in my family either dislike pumpkin or are allergic to pumpkin. Okay. Um, so I never get to eat pumpkin things except for when I bring them into work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like a sweet potato pie maybe, or I usually do an apple pie. Um, Someone can save save me for my family. I I make original homemade cranberry sauce too. And I Jeff, make- Jeff, do you want to come to our Canadian Thanksgiving then? Cause that's when all the really fancy fun foods come out. And I think- Didn't we already miss that? When is it? Yeah, it's in October, but it's fine. <laughs> Darn next it. Year, you know what? Next year it's already invites out. There you go. Uh, come on over. <laughs> homemade cranberry sauce and homemade applesauce. Okay. Do you put orange in your cranberry sauce? Yeah, but okay. just a little bit. Yeah, you need a hint of it. And my sweet potato casserole. And yet my family wants Mott's out of a jar and they want the cranberry out of the can and they want boring mashed potatoes. It's killing my heart slowly. Yep, I die a little every Thanksgiving. Homemade applesauce is so easy and tasty. That's true. You just put stuff into a pot and just let it cook down and then you've got deliciousness. I'm sorry, this turned into a Thanksgiving <laughs> rant <laughs> on my part. <laughs> right. What about you, Drew Michelle? <laughs> Any Thanksgiving Yeah, foods? there are two things that I make, one for me and me alone pretty much and one for my spouse. So my my husband does not have a sweet tooth at all and just does not care about desserts. <laughs> However... I make a cranberry and lime tart um, that is really tangy and just sweet enough. Yeah. And he absolutely loves that. Aww. And um, he is also dairy free and most everything in our house is dairy free, except I lived in the South uh, for a decent chunk of my life. Um, butter. And butter. And also I make a very traditional buttermilk based chess pie. Oh yeah. Um, which <laughs> my child doesn't love and does not understand why I want to eat something that texture. And my spouse literally cannot eat. And nobody else in my extended family has ever lived in the South or understands the point. But I just need to do it once a year. And remember, you know, I, I actually worked with dairy cattle. Mm -hmm. Remember how amazing, perfectly fresh buttermilk tastes and the alchemy that occurs because of the acidity of it. And it's just like the thing that I do for myself yeah. on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I love that you do something for yourself on Thanksgiving in terms of bakes. I feel like I always end up baking for other people, not baking for myself and what I want necessarily because of the whole traditional Thanksgiving. So good on you for making your chess pie. Thank you. I That's important. So again, going back to my saga, the, the, the sweet potato casserole goes down on the table. At the end of the night, it's empty, clean. My stuffing goes down. There are two servings gone. I had those two servings. <laughs> Well, then good on you, Jeff, for going and continuing to make the things that you want to eat right. on your holiday. Yep. It's, it's not everyone else's holiday. It's, <laughs> it's also about you and what you want to eat. Yes, exactly. So good on you. Yeah. Continue to make it. And yeah, also bring I support that. I support making things for yourself. And making leftovers. Yeah. And bring them in. Yeah. I, and that keeps for another day. So there you go. 
What about you, Michelle? I mean, I will say it was kind of fun during the pandemic when we weren't gathering um, to come up with my own Thanksgiving meal. And so, yeah, for me, stuffing is definitely one that was fun. So I still in my life am at the point where I'm going to family Thanksgivings where there's a matriarch that's making the turkey and, oh, sure. and things like that. So typically when I go to those, I actually switch it up every year. I've made I made like a fun zadar hummus a couple years ago. Ooh. I did a, a fun uh, sort of fall salad last year with lots of dried cranberries, things like that. Wonderful. So I, I actually I find it fun to switch it up every year and bring a different thing. But I enjoyed being able to make that stuff for the first time for myself for the couple of years that we didn't gather. Um, and but typically my husband is the pie guy and my son. So they like to do the pumpkin pies and the apple pies and they take care of that for our family. Nice. Which is nice. Yeah, that's I'm being inspired to maybe try to mix things up this year for Thanksgiving dessert. I'm like, what if I made... Does baking involve mixing? Mixing? Whoa. Another pun for Jeff, the kind (laughs) (laughs) of-ish. I'm trying to think of a good pun back. It'll come to me later. It'll come to you. (laughs) No, I'm just thinking about tarts now and how maybe tart could be the new pie. Because I'm realizing I love tart more than pie, especially for crust baking mm-hmm. <laughs> and for removal from the tin. Um, but yeah, like a, a sweet potato tart. Sure. With Jeff's kind of topping on it. Yep. Would be delightful. Mm-hmm. A little bit of maple, a little bit of a little cinnamon. Vanilla. Vanilla. Salt. I put salt. vanilla in everything. Crunchy salt, maybe even a little. Yeah, like I put vanilla salt? in my stuffing. Yeah. I put vanilla in my turkey. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Jess, have you considered you might have a problem? <laughs> Put vanilla in my cranberry. <laughs> well, so, okay, so some of these it makes sense in, <laughs> and others leave me concerned. I put thyme in my snickerdoodles. <laughs> that actually? Might, that might actually, actually work. work. That okay, could great. Work. Yeah, great. I'm on board for that one. Great. Uh, please make some time snickerdoodles sure. and I would try those in a heartbeat. Um, I think, yeah, like putting different herbs and stuff into bakes that traditionally don't have it can be really kind of like a fun mm-hmm. twist. And then you bring in, you're like, I made this is my own recipe. I'm like, I added one ingredient extra, but suddenly it's my recipe. Well, herbs can really make a difference on that flavor. So Yeah, it can really punch up any flavor really like uh, balance out things differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like you could even throw some time into some like cranberry orange and that could be an interesting new cranberry sauce interpretation. Love it. You should try it. Love it. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, everyone provide these books for me so that I can put them into our show notes. I'll have some book recommendations for people. Yeah, yeah. I have a whole bunch. Can I give you a whole bunch of extra ones that sure. I couldn't bring because I was oh, told I can only do two to three books. What have you had coffee today? That's chaotic. But go ahead. Well, you know, it's I am passionate about it. Sure, I'm passionate about books and, and cooking and eating. So you know, um, there's a whole bunch of other really good baking books that we have here at the library, and I encourage everyone to go out. 
and explore our cookbook section. We have a whole section of cookbooks. Yay. Michelle does a great job curating a really great collection of cookbooks, and we love to see it, folks. And great vegan varieties, too. Yeah, great vegan. There's a whole bunch of holiday baking. There's a whole bunch of seasonal baking. There's a whole bunch of not baking at all, but cooking and, <laughs> you know, one-pan wonders and all sorts of great cookbooks over there. So... I highly encourage everyone to check it out as we get into a whole host of holidays coming up here. Uh, and as we get into the cozy season when it's a great time to, you know, don't go out into the snow, but stay home and bake. So And check out a cookbook rather than spending $35 on it. These books are getting expensive, folks. Oh, they sure are, <laughs> especially when you just want like that one or two recipes right. inside. Or try before you buy if you love it, then you know that it's worth buying because you'll use it a lot. Yeah. And I also encourage any patrons that want to come by and make something and then tell us about it and, you know, share share their favorite recipes with us. I'm always looking for a new cookbook to try out. So yeah. love to also talk about it. Any patrons that want to talk about food with me, <laughs> I'm always willing to talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, did you have anything else to add baking wise? No. Thoughts on baking? Michelle? I actually did want to mention one other thing as we're getting into December. Um, Lori Colwin, who we lost too soon, was a fiction writer who also has two wonderful books uh, called Home Cooking and More Home Cooking. And she has a wonderful gingerbread cake recipe in uh, Home Cooking that I highly. And just if you're looking for like cozy reading, um, if, if, if you're like baking, I just, I'm not quite there yet. Either of her books, which we have on our comfort food display right now, um, are worth, it just feels like a, a hug. She's, she's got such a warm, cozy voice. She's also very unfussy, which I love cause it, you know, she just makes it feel very approachable. Um, but I would definitely recommend that recipe and any and all Lori Colwin writing. Excellent. Sounds like a good note to end on. Uh, so with all of that, so thank you again, Drew and Michelle, for joining us today to talk about food. Thank you, Jeff, for bringing your unique perspectives of not a traditional baker as much, but full of some delicious sounding recipes. Yeah, happy to. Uh, and thanks for our guests for joining us. Yeah. And this episode is sponsored by Lamination. Yes, because I laminated my outro <laughs> to make it last forever. That's right. So that way, if I'm baking, I won't get food and stain my paper. Um, <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening to another episode of A Little Too Quiet, the Ferndale Library podcast, which is brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. We also want to thank John Duffy for giving us the music to open and close each episode. If you want to find out more about supporting this podcast, visit FerndaleFriends.org. Also, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you leave us a positive review, we can find more listeners. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Thanks again for listening. Bye.